Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mere Disciple podcast. I'm Pastor Jeff Strong, and I'm broadcasting from Nelson, British Columbia. This is a podcast where we are looking at what it means to follow Jesus in the modern world. What does it look like to call yourself a disciple, to structure your life so that discipleship to Jesus is a priority and not just a value that gets kind of shelved in the midst of real life. We're doing a series called The Politics of Jesus, where I'm exploring the nuances and differences between the different political parties vying for power uh, on the October 21st Canadian election. And we come to the party that is maybe the most difficult for me to evaluate, which is the Liberal Party of Canada. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, I have a real bent against Justin Trudeau for all kinds of reasons. And so it's been very challenging for me to attempt to steel man both Trudeau and the Liberals while being fair, as fair and balanced as I can be, given my bias. And the other challenge that exists is that the Liberals are the incumbents. And so it's much easier to critique a party that is in power and has had power for four years and has a track record, right? Every other party is able to uh, advocate for what they intend to do or what they promise to do or what they will fight for. With, whereas with the liberals, we know what they were supposedly fighting for and working towards in 2015. And we have a four-year track record and vantage point from which to say, did they actually follow through on that? So I think as a way to just sort of be as fair as I can, recognize that I bring a lot of personal bias to this evaluation. And I think it's harder for an incumbent government to, um, I think it's going to be easier to criticize an incumbent government because their track record, you're going to be able to point to specific promises made and promises broken. Um, that being said, let's move into their platform. Classically, liberals in Canada have been sort of the fairly center, center left uh, political party. And that's why they've often been very popular at the provincial and federal level. Uh, I would argue in many ways I would vote liberal if their classic philosophy of how they've governed, which is a being a champion of a strong uh, free market economy with um, strategic and robust social safety nets. And that twinning of a strong focus on economic growth with a strong social safety net, I think that is part of what makes Canada great. You know, we can quibble on how big does that social safety net need, need to be, um, but everyone's going to agree that when the economy is uh, growing and when there's lots of opportunities and people are stepping in and able to use their maximize their economic capacity but then we're also looking um, towards the welfare of not just ourselves and our own family but the society, the neighborhoods and communities and cities and country that we belong to that's where Canada is best and so on paper there's a lot about the liberal platform classically or traditionally that really speaks to me 
Under the Trudeau government, I would argue, the Liberals have moved much farther left, however, almost into NDP territory. The NDP, outside of Jagmeet Singh, who's done an amazing job at, at just letting people uh, observe and appreciate his very calm, um, accessible, humble, funny demeanor. In terms of policy, the Liberals have kind of gone left and encroached on a lot of the NDP's territory. Maybe not in terms of how they would execute certain ideas, but the philosophical and political underpinnings of those ideas. So much so so that a lot of people were challenged, or a lot of people were, were wondering how the NDP was going to um, distinguish itself from both the Greens and the Liberals. Because you kind of have these three parties which are quite far ideologically to the left, and while there's going to be some differences in terms of how far they lean into progressive policies and ideas, they're all on the same page, at least at a philosophical level, in terms of their grand aspirations. So in one sense, there's very little in the liberal platform that isn't in, for example, the NDP platform. They are, they are kissing cousins. That Venn diagram overlaps a lot at the level of philosophy. Where there's going to be nuance is, and this is a gross simplification, but some would say liberals are sort of like NDP light. The same philosophical underpinnings, but not so aggressive in a leftist or progressive direction. And although that's not a perfect way of framing it, that has been helpful for me in looking through the liberal platform. So the three things right off the top that I actually really appreciate about the liberal platform is that it identifies three top priorities. So it doesn't just say, here's our platform, here are all our promises, we're going to do it all. In a sense, they're signaling, we have a lot of things we'd like to do, but there are only a few things that we can really prioritize on. And I just spoke on Sunday a message about the difference between valuing, valuing something and prioritizing it. And I actually like that the Liberals said, here's not just a shotgun platform touching on every dimension of Canadian society. These are our priorities. And their priorities are threefold. First, more money for middle class families. The second is real action to address the climate crisis. And the third is stronger gun control. I think that third one is that sticks out to me as strange. Um, I think there's a lot of other things in the platform that both from a polling perspective, uh, an analysis, personal analysis, looking at the world around me, I'm surprised stronger gun control would move into their top priority across their platform, but that's where it is. Again, I'm not going to do a deep dive into the liberal platform because it has so much overlap with the NDP, but their broad pillars are they want to build a stronger middle class, they want to invest in good middle class jobs. They want to take real action on protecting the environment while also moving the economy forward. They want to build a stronger Canada and a more just society. They want to build a better future with Indigenous people. And in terms of foreign policy, they want to secure Canada's place in the world. Now, one of the things that's interesting about the liberal platform that I notice is that there's sort of a two-tiered level of understanding the details of each platform. If you click on building a strong middle class, you're going to have all these subheadings come up, but they're actually just, um, 
They're just a, a very kind of paragraph summary of what the liberals intend to do at a very high level, no details given. So when, in, when you look at a platform or a, a subtopic of helping working Canadians get ahead, it'll say something like Canadians are amongst the most skilled and highly educated workers in the world. But even at a time of record low unemployment, the changing nature of work can make finding and keeping a good job a challenge. We will give working Canadians the help they need to get ahead and keep our economy moving forward. That's it. There's no plan or what does that mean? What do you mean you're going to help? Uh, what, in what form? In what ways? I didn't think they addressed this at all until you scroll way down on their site and then they've got all these uh, subsections where you can kind of do a second level deep dive. But even some of these stay fairly vague. They, they, they are still framed in an aspirational way. And I think the NDP and the Greens do a much better job of, or even the PPC, actually, I would argue, along with them to say, here's the problem. Here's our, here's our aspiration. Here are the challenges. Here's our plan. And the Liberals are a little plan light, I would argue. Not in every uh, platform, but in <laughs> enough that I'm like, okay, you guys are the incumbents. You've had four years to be able to figure out what the lay of the land is in terms of these um, your platform priorities. And you're still talking as if um, you're not putting a lot of flesh on the bone. There's, there's not a lot of handles to these baskets. What does this mean? It's vague enough language that it feels like they could get away with saying, well, we're fighting for these things. We're striving for these things. Yeah, but you didn't outline any kind of a plan. And all of the three parties that are much minor to the liberals, uh, I haven't looked at the conservatives yet, but NDP, Greens, PPC, they actually do a better job of making it seem like they're not just making promises, but they actually have a plan. You can disagree on the nature of the plan, but so that was pretty surprising with the liberal platform, I thought. Um, so again, I think overall, just for the sake of time, the liberal platform is kind of NDP light. It, it is trying to be, in terms of its marketing and branding and uh, vision casting, it's going to have a high degree of overlap with the NDP. It's just not going to be as aggressive in terms of following that through all the way down, which you can imagine is going to be seen as either a strength or a weakness, depending on where you fall on the political spectrum. Um, having big promises and or well, maybe, that's, maybe that's not the way, right way to frame it. If you, if you are someone who really believes in a traditional liberal platform, the um, branding of this of, of the liberals is oh we're just as progressive we're just as kind of woke and left as the NDP is going to leave a bad taste in your mouth and if you are on that uh, more extreme left on the political spectrum then I think there's a lot in the liberal platform that you could accuse of being uh, virtue signally, for lack of a better term, that they talk the right talk, but they aren't actually willing to follow through in ways that are significant enough to satisfy 
those who are pretty far to the left and would like really aggressive progressive policies to be enacted. Um, so Trudeau has brought the liberals pretty far to the left and as the incumbents, they are much easier to, to criticize because this government in particular, including Trudeau, has, I would argue, been in a steady rhythm of being mired in scandals and different examples of incompetence. Uh, one of the things that really doesn't sit well with me in terms of the liberal, liberal platform is that after four years, of course, all parties do this, but it seems to be more exaggerated with Trudeau that now Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party seems really concerned about serving and helping Canadians move forward. And it seems like the first three years of his tenure as Prime Minister was much more about extending his personal brand of this kind of progressive, woke, feminist Prime Minister globally. Um, so that that concerns me. Uh, I think any leader who doesn't understand their fundamental responsibility is to serve the Canadian people. That is a yellow flag at the best of times. And for many people, that's, that's going to be a red flag. Uh, I think with the Liberals, obviously, they're really challenged by the fact that because of Justin Trudeau and the scandals and I think at this point pretty well-established incompetence that he brought to the role. Um, maybe this is a real value, valuable lesson for a lot of the Canadian population. A lot of the youth vote went with Trudeau in 2015, wanting something fresh and younger with these big promises of reform at all kinds of levels of government and doing things differently. And he wasn't going to be like your mom and dad's pol uh, politicians. And uh, maybe... Canada voted more in a reactive way, obviously against Stephen Harper. And maybe this is a lesson about why we might want to, um, we, we might want to be careful not to undervalue competency and put too high a premium on branding and youthful looks and even youthful energy. You know, Bible talks a lot about the qualifications for leaders, and it's always about character issues, um, integrity, trustworthiness, um, being willing to understand your own limitations, being able to empower other people. Um, and I think Trudeau and the liberals have really tried to sustain momentum for their party on kind of the personality cult around Trudeau. And I think that's a challenge for them moving into these elections. In terms of the strength of the party, again, on paper, I think there's a lot of things that I could affirm and say, yeah, they bring kind of a balance in a lot of areas where, again, some are gonna say they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth and they're not fully committed to either. But I can see there being, as a leader, I understand that uh, there's a proverb that says um, it is good to grab hold of the one without letting go of the other, that the person of God will avoid all extremes. And at their best, that's what the liberal parties often tried to do, is to say we want to be about the environment and a realistic um, plan for economic growth. And we want to be for this and this. We want to have free markets and a strong social safety net. And they've tried to avoid these political 
extremes or platform extremes. And yet, as the incumbents, what's really easy to see is that whatever their aspirations were in 2015, they haven't been able to execute at least on a lot of their big promises. I didn't do a deep dive into the full record of the Liberals. To me, what jumped out was the universal uh, child benefit, which was instituted, which has helped a huge number of families and young people and brought a lot of uh, kids out of poverty. That was a great initiative. I think it's really, really valuable as a society on so many um, levels. But other than that, my association with Trudeau and the Liberals has just been scandal and incompetence. And now it seems like what they're running on because they don't have much of a, they don't have a, a litany of really positive results is they're kind of saying, hey, we're not the conservatives. You don't want to vote for Andrew Scheer because Andrew Scheer is kind of like Stephen Harper light. And whenever an incumbent government is encouraging you to vote for them because they're not nearly as bad as a challenger, that's a real yellow flag that they are signaling to you they don't have enough actual results, positive results, to be able to say, this isn't even a context. Look at these results that we've been able to um, lead this country into. Let's just keep moving forward. I mean, that's the liberal brand, right? Choose forward. And, and they're trying to come up with all these interesting ways of framing the economy to say, hey, the economy is actually doing really well. We're growing the GDP. Um, but I don't know many people, even longtime liberal supporters, who feel like things generally are going well, either for Trudeau or the Liberal Party or for Canada as a whole. So the liberals are really fighting an uphill battle. Um, but I think part of what reveals that they aren't confident in their own platform and their own track record is that they're just continually coming back to, well, you better vote for us because if you don't, you're going to get a conservative government and then the sky is going to fall. So the weaknesses for the Liberal Party are pretty significant. I think they've really failed to execute on a number of big promises. The two biggest ones being touting that they're going to be um, they're going to make huge gains as it relates to reconciliation with Indigenous people. And the other one that just popped into my head and now popped out and I can't remember what it was. It'll come back to me. So the lack of execution on some of their big 2015 platform prom uh, promises, they are kind of NDP light. I think they're not far enough in the uh, plans for leftists, but they're really not credible enough to lure center-left, center-right people, people have had four years of Trudeau and kind of said, so you're making all these grand promises now, but you, didn't, you haven't delivered on hardly any grand promises over the last four years. Obviously, Trudeau and by extension the party, I think, have a real credibility problem. He really came in and, and got on this final push wave of hope and change, and that wave kind of crashed as far as I can tell. And now they're just kind of relying on fear-mongering to kind of slunk, uh, slink over the finish line. And as I mentioned before, now that elections have, have arrived, it's kind of like, oh, all in on Canada. We're The Liberal Party is all about Canada. And yet, if you talk to a lot of Canadians in terms of how have the Liberals directly made your life better over these last four years, at least the people that I talk to, they have a hard time um, 
coming down on, yeah, I can think of these concrete measures that I know without a doubt have made my life better because of the liberal government. The other huge weakness, and this is a weakness for me because I am definitely a fiscal conservative when it comes to how finances should be handled. In the liberals' costed platform, they are planning to run significant deficits over the next five years, 20 to 28 million each year. That's the, num that's the amount of money that just, not debt, not overall debt, but just in the 12 month period, you're going to overspend from what you plan to take in. Again, like the NDP, they frame these as investments in people and anything, anything less would be austerity, which I think is a really disingenuous framing. But, but that, so that would be a huge concern for me because I don't like to see governments get used to debt and deficit spending. I think that's going to come home to roost at some point. And I think because the average person doesn't realize what will happen when you try and quote unquote, keep investing to the tune of 15, 20, $25 billion each year, uh, um, running a deficit of that scale. Uh, it does give me pretty serious concern. Um, and that is someone who takes fiscal responsibility of government pretty seriously. But I have been learning that there are other ways to look at it. And But overall, I, I um, that definitely concerns me. So I think as a person of faith, I can understand why you would vote for the liberals. Maybe the largest reason being that they do have a grand vision, but they don't always... Um, and while they don't always execute, maybe staying with the, the devil you know is better than going with the one you don't, right? Like the liberals at least have four years of momentum. They've felt, they've experienced the pushback from some of their scandals and some of the, uh, the issues that have plagued Trudeau or some of the decisions that they've made in terms of how they've framed even just their interaction with both indig indigenous peoples and the uh, oil patch workers. So maybe you can make the argument that kind of a imperfect but consistent leadership is better than um, just completely moving in a, a different direction or having all the leadership of a country change. I could, I could see both sides of that argument. I think the challenge for a person of faith is to say, at least for me as a Christian, is how do you support a party that has consistently um, operated out of just tremendous hypocrisy and regardless of what you attribute it to, like pretty just terrible leadership on so many fronts, right? A vote voting for the liberals now really feels like it would be sending, sending a signal to Trudeau and his team that says, you know what, the bar is so low for leaders in government that you can do all this stuff and you're still going to get let in. And I think there needs to be accountability in government, regardless of who is in power. So I think that uh, as Christians, we should be supporting our leaders. We should be doing what we can to be praying for them, to be living lives that are... Um, 
just and that are um, in alignment with godly principles. But that doesn't mean that we just stay quiet or roll over when there are real, real, um, when there's a lack of accountability and when we're in a position to say, you know what, there needs to be a change. And I, and I think that's where Canada is going to go with the Liberals. I hope they do. I think I think that's necessary given the Liberals' track record over the last uh, four years. So while I think that there are some reasons that I could understand at a conceptual level, actually many reasons at a conceptual level to vote for the Liberal Party of Canada, I think because of the particular context that we find ourselves in, where Canada is in 2019, the pressures that are building on Canada. Um, I think it's a it's a challenging argument. Yeah, I mean that's that's the best way to say it. It's a pretty challenging argument to say we should keep moving with a party that has so spectacularly failed to deliver on both their branded image and their plan over the last four years. But I have talked to people who would disagree with me, and that's the interesting thing about politics. And maybe if Trudeau and the Liberals got reelected, they would have a come-to-Jesus moment, so to speak, and they would say, wow, we Canada's given us a lot of grace, and we need to take these next four years and really make things right and redeem the previous four years' record. That would be probably the best-case scenario for what would happen with a liberal majority, but I'm not holding my breath. So liberals, in summation, liberals on paper, I think I really value because they're fairly centrist and they um, are trying to hold the tension together of competing demands moving in different directions that leaders often have to hold in tension. Um, but the big weakness will be Trudeau and all of his scandals and false steps and hypocrisy in terms of some of the virtue signaling and then the skeletons come out of his closet and whether or not um, we, I could as a um, Christian vote for him, not because I couldn't forgive him or I feel like it's one strikeout in leadership, but when they're um, one of the big one of the big bugaboos for Jesus was leaders who were hypocrites, and the Greek word means play actors, people who wore a mask and who postured for in a performative way so that other people thought well of them and looked good, but they actually weren't working for the benefit of their communities. Jesus has some of the strongest, most harrowing condemnations for those leaders. And while I think we... Uh, I, as a Christian, have to be very careful not to simply use that as leverage to say, hey, if a leader's not doing something I like, I get to lean into them like Jesus did. I don't see the human heart like Jesus did. But it does mean that we are called to stand up to false and fake and hypocritical leadership at any level in our churches, in our communities, um, and certainly in our government. So that's a liberal party. I'll finish off with the conservatives soon. Um we're getting down to crunch time. We're, we're a week away from election. I know some people have already voted, so it's a tough decision, but get out there and vote. It's really, really important. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care.